for whatever reason, I'm, I'm a worship guy. I love to worship the Lord, and it's just been a central idea for my life. I'm not sure exactly where it started. I do remember in the mid-'80s, my sister Charlene took me to a Petra concert. Petra was a band in the 80s that decided to combine praise and rock and roll. And I don't know that the rock and roll was the best, but they at least attempted to combine praise and rock and roll. And I remember as a middle school kid just um, really being awakened to the idea that praise is something that can be connected with rock and roll. So that, that had a shaping, shaping identity, I think, on me. Um, but over the summer, I'm going to come and talk about what praise and worship is. And today we're going to focus in on the idea of praise. What does it mean to praise the Lord? In my preparation, I looked uh, for some definitions of worship from some of my favorite writers. So I'm going to read you five or six definitions of worship. And as I read them to you, I just want you to take them in holistically and start to think about what is worship, specifically what is worship. So here are some definitions from some of my favorite writers and worship thinkers. Mark Driscoll in his book, Doctrine, states that worship is a biblically faithful understanding of God combined with a biblically faithful response to him. John Piper in his book, Don't Waste Your Life, says this about worship. God created me and you to live with a single, all-embracing, all-transforming passion Namely, a passion to glorify God by enjoying and displaying his supreme excellence in all the spheres of life. Louis Giglio, in his book, The Air I Breathe, says this about worship. Worship is our response to what we value most. Worship is the activity of the human soul. So not only do all people worship, but we worship all the time. Oswald Chambers who wrote My Utmost for His Highest, says this, Worship is giving God the best that he has given you. Be careful what you do with the best you have. And I love A.W. Tozer's definition of worship from his book, The Purpose of Man. Worship is to feel in the heart and express in some appropriate manner a humbling but delightful sense of admiring awe. Worship will humble a person as nothing else can. And finally, I'm really challenged by this last quote on worship from G.K. Beale from his book, We Become What We Worship. Listen to how he connects the effect of worship and our souls. What people revere, they resemble, either for ruin or restoration. I'm here just to remind all of us today that worship is an important topic in life. And I want to make a a slight distinction between worship and praise. Worship is bowing down before the Lord. The Bible even makes a distinction. Uh, Worship is recognizing how holy and perfect God is and realizing that we are not perfect. But praise, on the other hand, is raising our hands in the air, looking to him and celebrating and claiming who he is. And saying, I praise you, Lord. And it's recognizing and celebrating and acknowledging who the Lord is. So this sermon is focused on the idea of praise. So when I say to you, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, what does that 
What, brings, what comes to your mind when I say praise the Lord? Listen to this progression from Psalm 95 to Psalm 100. Psalm 95, verse 1. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Psalm 96, verse 4. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Psalm 97, 1. The Lord reigns, let the earth rejoice. Let the many coastlands be glad. Psalm 98, verse 4. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn. Make a joyful noise to the King, the Lord. Psalm 99, verse 2. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. And we arrive at Psalm 100. It's in your bulletin, written out in the English Standard Version, and this is what I'll be teaching from. And I'm actually going to have you make some notes in here. Psalm 100, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. It's amazing how I arrived at Psalm 100. I knew that I wanted to teach on praise, and I had heard through the grapevine that the children were memorizing Psalm 100 in preparation for this day and, and uh, being on stage. So I said, well, that's good. I'll just, I will preach from Psalm 100 because I want to preach on praise. And what I discovered just as I looked at this song and this psalm, I realized that Psalm 100 is the defining psalm on praise. It contains what is likely the most vivid picture of what praise is in our lives. The Hebrew word for psalm, Tehillim, literally means praises. So the book of Psalms is the book of praises. Psalm 95 through Psalm 100 are the praise psalms. A lot of the psalms have different characteristics, and 95 through 100 are the praise psalms. And Psalm 100 is the pinnacle. It's the psalm for giving thanks. So let's look at it. And the whole goal today, I really want each one of us to be encouraged and to walk out with a clear understanding of how to express praise in our lives holistically. That's the goal. So let's look at this. Look at your bullet. Psalm 100. The first thing that we see is that Psalm 100 is a psalm for giving thanks. And even when I looked at this, it caught me that it's, it doesn't say a psalm for thanksgiving. It, saw, it says a psalm for giving thanks. The Hebrew there, todah, is the actual word for the thanksgiving offering that the Hebrew people would come to the temple with. And they would read this psalm in conjunction with their thanksgiving offering. And they would enjoy this meal in the presence of the Lord. And they would speak this both corporately and individually in the temple courts. And that's how this psalm was used. I actually spoke with a rabbi this week. I have a mutual friend who um, put me in touch with his rabbi. And uh, I just asked him, I said, "How, how was this psalm for giving thanks? How was it used by the Hebrew people based on your understanding of your own faith? 
And he, he said something really interesting. He said that back then, when someone would return from a journey at sea, and when they, when they would arrive safely back on the coastline, they would um, bring an offering to the temple, and they would use this psalm for giving thanks to publicly profess something that was, uh, they wanted to give thanks for. Or if someone had been shown special kindness, they would use this psalm at the temple to acknowledge the Lord in thanksgiving. I want to read this Psalm 100. Psalm 100, a psalm for giving thanks. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good, and his steadfast love endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. There's three points that I want to make about praise. And the first one is that praise is our best response to who God is. So if you're taking notes, number one, praise is our best response to who God is. I want to draw each one of these points out of this psalm. Hebrew poetry and English poetry are different. Hebrew poetry finds its foundations on linguistics and words. Our poetry tends to focus more on rhyme and and meter and sounds. Um, But it's really neat that though our poetry manipulates sounds, Hebrew poetry manipulates thoughts and ideas. And it creates these vivid pictures with words and these metaphors. And then it takes these metaphors and it it extends them and, and deepens them with words. The really neat thing about that is that Hebrew poetry is translated well into other languages. So here we are reading a Hebrew song, a Hebrew poem, and we're able to gather the meaning mostly from the English language. I will say there's always value to going back to the original language, but I mean, I praise God for the fact that his Hebrew poets used vivid word pictures for us instead of basing all of their meaning on rhyme, which would be lost in our translation. And we're going to see this. This psalm is actually a song, and it's got four stanzas. It's got a praise, and then it's got a verse about why we should praise God. It's got another chorus about praise, and then it's got another verse about why we should praise God. Look at this. The first chorus is, make a joyful noise. Sing. Serve with gladness. That's the chorus. The the underlying verse behind that is, know that the Lord, it's the Lord, he is God. It's he who made you, and we are his people. The literal there, it says that the Lord made you, and not we. It is the Lord that made us, and not we. It's kind of like this hanging idea that we did not make ourselves, but the Lord made us. And that inspires praise. And then it goes to the next chorus. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to the Lord. Bless his name. That's the chorus. The verse or the undergirding stanza to that 
is that the Lord is good and that his faithfulness endures forever. So we can see in this repetition and these word pictures that even the, the Hebrew poetry identifies that praise is a response to God. So the reason that we make a joyful noise, because the Lord is God. The reason that we come into his courts with thanksgiving is because he is good. So I just want to encourage you, as a starting point, praise is a response to who God is. The next thing I want to say, and this is point number two, praise is an action. And I know that sounds pretty basic, um, but it is. It is basic. I mean, isn't it ironic that we don't need to teach children to praise? Like we can see it just kind of rise up from them in different ways. But praise is an action. There are several Hebrew words for the word praise represented in the Old Testament. Hallel appears 99 times in the Old Testament, 33 of which are in the Psalms. Hallel means to laud or to boast or to celebrate. It's the root of hallelujah. So hallel Yah, to boast about Yah or Yahweh, the Lord. To boast about the Lord is hallelujah. So we sang that earlier today. Yada means to worship the Lord with raised hands or raised arms. Yada. I have a three-year-old, or no, actually she's a two-year-old. I have a two-year-old daughter. She's going to be three this summer. Um, but I have a two-year-old daughter, uh, Mercy, and she's still small enough to come up to me and look up at me and raise her hands up to me. And I love it. I love it that I still have a little one like that. It's as if she's saying, yada, yada, you know, yada, yada. Barak is to, de- to declare God as the origin of power, success, or victory. It recognizes him as the source of all resources, strength, and strategy. Shabak is to shout or commend loudly. I was um, at the gym this past month. I keep my meetings at the gym on a monthly basis. The reason I go to the gym once a month <laughs> is because every time I go, I just come away with an amazing sermon illustration. So it's worth going just for that. So there, there was the wall of TVs at the gym, you know. And wouldn't you know it, Price is Right caught my eye. It, I, I had my headphones on, I was listening to music, but Price is Right, it caught me. It was really funny. Um, Jeremy was a contestant, and he, um, I noticed this big thing, and, and I know some of the Price is Right people are going to track with me here. He started playing this game called Plinko. Plinko is this like 10 or 15 feet high wall where the guy climbs at the top, he goes to the top. And he drops these circular plastic discs that kind of go down this pegboard. So it's like plink, 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 plink. I guess it's where they get the name Plinko. So Jeremy's up there, and, um, and I'm riding my recumbent bicycle. And he drops a, a Plinko disc down the Plinko game. It's plink, 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 plink. And it goes plink, 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 plink. It goes one, to one side, and then it comes back. And along the bottom are these columns, right? Like, you're bankrupt, you get $5, you get a prize, $10,000, bankrupt, blah, 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 or zero or whatever it is. And um, so the plink, the plink thing is going, it's coming down, it's coming down, it's getting near that 
$10,000 mark. And there it is. And I think I start to go faster on my recumbent bike. And here it is. It, boom, it hits the 10000 And everyone jumps up and they shabak. How much more should we shabak our Messiah, who is the Lord? Gil is to circle in joy, to dance in circles. I love that the Hebrew has a word for praise called dancing in circles, gil. This past Friday, my children recognized that it was the last day of school. So they circled in excitement. They gilled. And I can only imagine if that's what they did, what did the teachers do? I mean, seriously, God bless all of you teachers for making it through another year. I say all this to, to, to recognize that in the Hebrew language, praise is an action. And we're going to see this from Psalm 100. I want you, if you're taking notes, to circle all of the action verbs that are directed to the, to the person that should be praising. So the first one is make. So go ahead. If you're taking notes, circle those action verbs that you should, as the person that's praising, be doing. Make, serve, come, know, enter, give, and bless. These are the actions of praise from Psalm 100. We could talk about all of these individually. I want to say a couple of things. The first thing I want to say that serving the Lord with gladness is an act of praise. I recognize that Being joyful is is challenging, but I'm so thankful that God recognizes our service to him as praise. I mean, I think of this past week in the life of our church, tons of people volunteering with the Family Promise Ministry, our children's ministry being on display and thinking about all of that person hours that have gone into that. And you can serve the Lord or you can serve him with gladness, right? There's two different ideas. When we serve him with gladness, it's an act of praise. It's an action. What does it mean to bless his name? If God is perfectly sufficient, how can we add any, any blessing to him? Well, we can't. We can't. We cannot bless God by anything that we have. But here's how we bless the name of God. We bless the name of God by making his name known. The only way to bless the name of God is to make his name more known in your life and in the lives of the people around you. And that was a helpful principle for me to think about, how do I bless God? Like, I feel like I have nothing to offer. But what I do have to offer is the ability to bless his name by making his name great among the people that I live with. When I got to this point in my sermon with a friend, when I was telling them what I was going to preach on, they gave me an encouragement and a challenge. They said, Terry, have you taken all of these actions, have you really literally expressed them to the Lord? So I had to go back through each of them. And that's when I started to think about what does it mean to bless the name of the Lord? To give thanks, to enter his gates, to know him, to know who he is. And I got to this one, make a joyful noise. 
And I don't know about you, but I, I, I know this psalm is actually meant for the corporate recognition of, of the joyous noise that the church makes together. And I can definitely get into that. But when it comes to my own individual life making a joyful noise, I find it um, challenging to practice that literally. Um, but I tried this past week, and I, I want to just tell you what happened and maybe save you a lesson. Um, but I went to Carousel Park, which is a huge park a couple miles from here. Fields, woods, lots of open spaces. And I got out of earshot because I was going to literally make a joyful noise to the Lord. And it was a painful but helpful lesson. I learned a few things. First, I learned I sound really angry when I shout. And I was like, how do I make a joyful shout to the Lord? And then I started trying that. And then I was like, man, I hope nobody finds me here. And then I realized, why? Why am I I so afraid of man when I'm shouting before the Lord? Why do I have fear of man in me? And then I thought, well, maybe this would be the best place. Yes, awkward, but one of the best places for someone to come and find me, praising the Lord and shouting in joyful praise to him. And then I recognized that my loudest shout to the Lord is gone in an instant. So the loudest noise that I can possibly make as a person is gone in an instant before the Lord. And I think overall, I I just was reminded as I think about that, that I I need to get over my own awkwardness with you and I need to praise the Lord because that's what we do. We praise the Lord and I say that, I want to encourage you as you think about praise as an action in your life. There's some exposing of your soul that's going to happen before the Lord. You're going to be humbled in ways that you've never been humbled before. And you can decide not to do that. Or you can decide to humble yourself and expose your soul before the Lord. The last point is that praise is the path to the presence of God. Praise is the path to the presence of God. I want to distinguish salvation and praise in the Christian life. Salvation is this. When you were far off, when you were very distant from God, he came after you. He searched after you. And he saved your soul from the pit of hell and death. And this chasing after in salvation is the work the Lord does specifically through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus tells the parable of the prodigal son who goes, sets everything off, and he he goes away from his father. And it says in the parable, Luke 15, verse 20, while the prodigal son was still a far way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him, and he kissed him. Ephesians 2.13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off, have been brought near 
by the blood of Jesus Christ. Romans 5.8 says that, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Salvation is God chasing after you. And I believe one of our first acts of praise is to receive salvation. And very mysteriously, we're involved in that, even though Jesus, by his blood on the cross, has done everything. He died. He shed his blood for us. He rose again on the third day so that we might be brought back into fellowship with God. So I want to invite you. There's nothing I can say, really, um, to save you. But I can invite you into the kingdom, and I can ask for you to open your eyes to salvation if you've never received Christ and allow that to be an act of praise in your life. Allow him to do the work of saving you and restoring you. Because I believe what praise then becomes is our path toward the presence of God. Let me explain that with the psalm. It says that we come into his presence with singing. We approach the presence of God with singing. We come to his gate with thanksgiving. And we find ourselves in his courts with praise. The text here creates this image of us approaching and ascending to God with praise on our lips and finding ourselves in the presence of God. Psalm 22, 3 says that the Lord is in, inhabits the praises of his people, that he is enthroned by our praise. I have no idea how that all works from a mysterious standpoint, except that I know that praise is an action that we are allowed to participate in, and it's a way that God is enthroned. Could you stand with me as we close? I want to challenge you and ask you three questions. Have you responded with your best to the Lord? And have you been intentional with your actions of praise in life? Have you made praise an active and an action in your life? And is your life marked by an upward ascension to the presence of God? God is so inspiring and praiseworthy. Praise the Lord. Let your life be a joyful noise to the Lord. Praise him and serve him wholeheartedly. Approach him with a song. And when you find yourself at his gate, cross over that threshold with praise on your lips. Find yourself in his court, deep in the presence of God. It's there that you will be even more convinced that the Lord, he is God, that he made you, and that you belong to him, that he is perfectly good, that his love and mercy are without end, 
and he will prove himself faithful to you and to every generation. Praise the Lord.